0: Podcast brought to you by Bellator Christie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as
1: we enter the arena of ideas.
0: Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics. While taking uh, while stepping into the arena of ideas, this is the Bellator Christie podcast, and this is your host, yours truly, Brian Chilton. Unfortunately, our co-host Curtis Evelo could not be with us uh, this afternoon. He had uh, a bit of a crisis. I'm not exactly sure what happened. Uh, there on his, at his cattle ranch there in St. Ignatius, Montana. So our prayers are going up for, uh, Curtis and his family. Hope, hopefully everything is okay and well, uh, with him. And so, uh, we hope to have him back with us, uh, coming up next week. Uh, we want to let you know about, as I mentioned last week, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Kevin Kreuter. Uh, he's the executive director of a new, uh, uh, online way of uh, to being educated In the in the field of uh, apologetics and theology And that can be found at theological.academy If you go to theological.academy And uh, uh, you can find out more information About this new movement of uh, training individuals In apologetics and theology So once again go to theological.academy If you have any questions Be sure to send it to Kevin Kreuter Who is the Executive Director We have with us today Jeff Mingy, did I say your name correctly? Mingy, but you can say it however you want. Uh, Mingy, (laughs) okay. <laughs> he is a uh, church planting strategist southeast of the uh, SBC of Virginia, our northern state uh, He is um, just north of us, that is uh, Jeff is yep. the lead pastor of Catalyst Church uh, He studied, uh, obtained his MDiv at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary And studied, studied English literature at uh, Christopher Newport University And is now currently pursuing a doctor of ministry at Southeastern Baptist Theological theological seminary uh, jeff lives with his family at newport news virginia and so jeff once again it's a, a privilege privilege and an honor to have you with us on the bellator christie podcast
1: well thanks so much i'm absolutely honored to join you on the
0: podcast Absolutely. Uh, Jeff, you have written a book entitled Called to Cooperate, a Biblical Survey and Application of Teamwork Uh, This was published in 2016 by Icthus Publishers Uh, And we'll get into that here in just a few moments But first, uh, would you mind sharing with us uh, how
1: you first came to faith in Christ? I'd be glad to. It's always a joy to remember and recall God's work in, in our salvation I grew up in a United Methodist uh, church in you know, a home that went to United Methodist church, and uh, still have a deep appreciation for uh, the United Methodist Church. Uh, uh, taught to love missions there and love uh, love the Lord. And a traveling evangelistic team visited the church one night from uh, Youth Challenge, which is a national ministry, and they shared the gospel and specifically talked about sin from Romans chapter three and salvation from. Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, and I remember, um, at least for the first time that evening, and in a special way that evening, the Lord opened up my eyes to see just how deep my sin was and my need for a Savior and the sufficiency of Christ as my Savior. And so um, there at the front of that little United Methodist Church on Hoops Road in Newport News, I surrendered my life to to Christ, and um, shortly after that, felt a call to ministry, and so began to pursue that. And the Lord uh, used that church in a mighty way. Um, as, I, as I got to know the Lord and continue to grow in my theology, I found certain theological leanings that were different um, uh, from the United Methodist Church. And so uh, resonated and, and found myself in a Southern Baptist theological uh, camp and have come recently, uh, even more so recently, to just grow in my appreciation and love for the Baptist faith and message 2000, I think that's a great document um, in, in these times. So uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of my story of coming to know the Lord. He's, he's used a number of different people in my story, a number of different seasons. Um, I'd love to tell you that it was all smooth sailing for me, but it wasn't. I um, very much had some prodigal seasons. And there's a verse in Proverbs chapter 3 that says, The Lord disciplines those he loves. And I have become convinced over the years that he loves me. There is no room for doubt uh, in my mind, and so um, I'm glad to still uh, still be um, a, a glad recipient of the grace of God in salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen, brother.
0: My wife and I uh, we we attended a Methodist church ourselves for for several for several years, and in fact, she grew up in that church, and we have many good friends. Uh, part of that church as well, so uh, it's interesting how our, our stories kind of parallel in some ways. Uh, yeah. There, so it's it's amazing to see how the Lord works in our lives, and uh, I, I think that's I think it's important for us all to share that story, and so we appreciate you doing that. Uh, I. Agree. So, so again, we you wrote the book called uh Call to Cooperate, A Biblical Survey and Application of Teamwork. Uh, what led you to write this book, um, providing a biblical survey of teamwork, and why do you think it's needed for our time?
1: Sure. Well, I found myself as a full-time youth pastor at a local church in Yorktown, Virginia. It was the first time that I had been um, a full-time pastor I was learning how to lead the youth ministry team and the volunteers that were in part of the the ministry that I oversaw. I was also learning how to work with the other staff members as a member of a team with them. And at the same time, I was learning how to relate to my boss, the senior pastor, as, um, as an employee that he oversaw. And so I wanted to be a good team member on all of those different fronts. I found that as a, a leadership team, we would do a great job discussing theology. We would always get together and talk theology. The senior pastor at the time was a great uh, preacher, a great man of God, and he would love to talk about theology. So I deeply enjoyed that. And then I found myself reading uh, business or leadership books to help me lead people and teams and organizational meetings well. And I realized that we were either reading uh, theological books we were reading leadership books, but rarely were we finding a book that bridged the gap between those two worlds. So we would either be talking theology or we would be talking application of teamwork, but rarely talking about the two things, the two things out of the same book. And I realized that we were failing to apply or build a theology of teamwork. And when we fail to apply our theology, that's, that's not good, right? We we want our theology to be worked out. And at the same time, at the same time, when we fail to understand the theology behind our actions or our teamwork, again, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So I felt, um, I felt burdened to create this resource for the teams that I was part of and for myself that would help bridge those two gap, those two, the gap between those two worlds of how do I build a theology Of teamwork and growing my love for God, and at the same time, how does that lead me to more efficiently and effectively operate in a team?
2: Mm.
0: That's that's a very compelling thought because you're right. You know, you do have. Uh, like systematic theology books and things of this nature and then you have the practical leadership books but but you're right there, there doesn't seem to be a con, uh, there seems to be a disconnect between the two uh, many times and I think you I think you're onto something building that bridge between the two systems so w- what do you hope that your book will accomplish what's the
1: end goal well i wanted to help readers see that there is indeed a biblical foundation for teamwork and I wanted them to be able to take practical steps with what they learned throughout the book. So the book is, as it says in the subtitle, it's a biblical survey and application of teamwork. So in chapter by chapter, I walk through different, um, the, the, the storyline of the Bible and different sections of scripture. And we dig out different uh, leadership principles that come from the theology of the text. And then we apply them. So my hope and i that what I hoped to accomplish in writing the book is that readers would walk away from this book saying, "Oh, I better understand the Bible. I better understand and can articulate my theology or my beliefs about God, and I can more clearly and compellingly apply them in the teams that I serve on."
0: Mm. Amen. Amen. What are some more of the some of the more notable foundations of biblical teamwork that you that you found and provide
1: in, in the book? Well, if we think about teamwork, if we, if we go back as far back as we can go into history, into eternity past, we find the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in eternity past, they're operating in love. Right? The Bible tells us that the, the Trinity was operating in love. And so the first act of teamwork is love. And so I think right out of the gate from the, from the very beginning in, of eternity past, we, we see uh, a theological foundation in the existence of a Trinity. And then we get from, from love to uh, creation, right? The first uh, act of, uh, of teamwork that we can visibly see. And, and we see that, that creation was actually an act of teamwork. The Father had the plan, the Son was the agent of creation, Colossians chapter 1 tells us, and the Spirit was moving uh, through creation. And so we see a teamwork orientation of God, even in creation. And then as we uh, run through kind of the storyline of the Bible, in the early uh, books of the Bible, we see... Again, Genesis chapter 1, we see it in creation. We are called to bear the image of this triune God. And if this God operated in teamwork, how much more so should we? Mm -hmm. As we keep reading our Bibles, we see Moses. One of the interesting things about Moses is as we read his story, it's never just Moses. It's almost always Moses and. Mm -hmm. Apart from Moses' calling, it's almost always Moses and Moses. Uh, Joshua, Moses and Jethro, Moses and Aaron. Uh, Moses is uh, intentionally partnered with other characters throughout his story. So I think Moses illustrates teamwork. As we read the historical novel uh, narratives of the Old Testament, we see uh, Deborah um, celebrating volunteers. In Deborah's song, uh, when she says, uh, bless the Lord for those who gave themselves willingly. Well, that sounds a whole, I don't know about you, that sounds to me a whole lot like the volunteers that I've seen serve. Absolutely. We see the same same thing in David as we read about David's mighty men. And at the end of David's life, as he's speaking to his son Solomon, he says, deal well. Deal well with those who have uh, have cared for you. Nehemiah and the building of the wall, we see teamwork again. We see teamwork throughout the wisdom literature and even uh, all throughout the prophets prophets both by their example and in what they say and we're just getting through the old testament right Mm. and then then we turn into the new testament and it's hard to see a page without teamwork uh whether that's in the gospels where we see jesus and the disciples or in the acts uh the book of acts and the acts of the early church means just just saturated with teamwork paul is a a master uh team leader right he in romans chapter 16 for example uh Paul lists almost 30 people by name. It's one of the most theological books in the Bible, right? I mean, it's just packed with theology, and at the end of it, he's listing all of these people by name. Mm. And I think that's a nod to the teamwork approach that Paul took to applying his theology. And then finally, if we just turn to heaven, um, we see that, that heaven is um, the, uh, a beautiful display of teamwork. One of the things I've noticed... As I've studied the book of Revelation, is I don't think there are any solo songs in heaven.
0: <laughs> I like that. It's
1: always it's always a congregation singing together, um, and I think that's a hint towards the beauty of teamwork and reflecting and bearing the image of our Triune God.
0: You know, it's. I'm gonna. I was going to ask this question later, but I think it's important in in, rela- in relation to what you just said uh, to, to go ahead and cover this now, why do you think? I mean, because it seems like a lot of times we see churches and ministers uh, and even church members competing against one another. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that that really attracted me to the Southern Baptist Convention is the fact that we mm-hmm. have the cooperative program. I mean, cooperative, yeah. co- cooperate, yep. you know, together, yeah. and we can do more together as. A, as as a church united than we can apart, what do you think is behind the inherent competitiveness that we see among so many today?
1: That's a great question, and, and I agree. One of the things I love about the Southern Baptist Convention is that cooperative program and uh, just, just how well we uh, we do this. Our state convention has recently adopted the motto, you are not alone. Amen. And, Amen. Uh, um, it's, it's so true in Southern Baptist life. So the question, what's behind the competitiveness? Well, if we peel the curtain all the way back, there's certainly an element at which sin and Satan are at work mm. um, in, in our uh, competition, and in, in, in our divisiveness. Um, even in the midst of, of the coronavirus that we find ourselves in, and you find churches not only disagreeing over how to respond, <laughs> yeah. but being divisive in their disagreement. Yes. Good night. It, it, I, you know, I, by all means, let's disagree. I think we can disagree and still be brothers. Absolutely. Let's not be, let's, let's not be divisive. There's, there's, there's no, no need for that. There's no call for that. Um, and I think, um, you know, I, I think uh, Paul addresses that in first Corinthians and, and he talks about divisions in the church. Right. Mm. Um, so I think when, when we ask, when we start to address the question of what is behind our competitiveness, I think part of the problem, perhaps it's twofold, part of the problem is we have stopped seeing the church as she is in Christ, mm. and we've only seen the church as she is in our opinion. Oh, wow. And That's so, powerful. And so in Paul, uh, Paul in First Corinthians chapter 1, and we remember First Corinthians is this letter of correction, right? I mean, the Corinthian church was messed up, <laughs> but Paul... Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter one speaks of this with this beautiful tender language, um, and part of me wants to say, "Paul, how, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? You're, you're saying they're complete in Christ, and at the same time, you're going to correct them later on in the letter." And Paul <laughs> says, "No, it's both hands. It's both, and. It's, yeah. it's both and. So I think, I think the competitiveness on the one hand comes from a failure to see the church as she is in Christ, and then on the other hand, there's there's just some plain old pride going on. Yeah. Um, I think uh Genesis chapter one verse one, in the beginning, God, right, and what happens, I think, is we get that messed up and we think in the beginning, me mm. and when I think that way, everything gets out of out of sorts, right when I think in the beginning, me and in the beginning, my church and in the beginning, my way of doing it, then anybody that does it differently than me is automatically second-rate second at best.
0: It because that, uh, becomes an us-versus-them mentality. So. It absolutely does. It absolutely does.
1: And, um, you know, Jesus prayed for our unity in John 17. And how sad is it when we actively work against that which Jesus prayed for? Amen. Amen. So, Amen. I, yeah. I, 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 I want to, at the end of, at the end of uh, my life, I want to be known for a guy who cooperated with other believers, not who was in conflict with
0: other believers. I'm right there with you, brother. And I, and I really see this in, uh, I mean, we e- even in ministry, I mean, it seems like there's this competition that pastors try to have with one another. And, and it, uh, like what you were mentioning about the whole COVID-19, uh, how do you yeah. handle this? How do we go about this? Uh, and and it, it almost seems like, especially even, among some different denominations, even that uh, it it's like you said, you have the us versus them mentality. Our way is the only way of doing it, and and not another way, and and that to me is is uh, very problematic, especially with what you said concerning the unity of the Trinity. I mean, we see a triune right. unity there. And uh, right. and then the prayer that Jesus prayed for all of us Christians to have the same unity that He has with the Father. So that's that's a very powerful statement, and I think one that we need to uh, quite honestly reclaim uh, in modern Christianity. Um, I agree. How does one's theology? Not now. now I, I'm a theology apologetics nerd, so this is right up my alley. Sure. Uh, how do you? Why do you think theology is important? uh, in this, in this regard?
1: Well, we are all theologians, Mm. right? Everybody has thoughts about God. That's theology is the study of God. So everybody has thoughts about God. Even if they say there is no God, that's a theological statement. Absolutely. So, so if we're all theologians, then the question is, are we good theologians or bad theologians? Mm. Is, is my theology right or is it wrong? Um, And so theology matters when it comes to teamwork, because as a Christian, I believe my role in this life in part is to bear the image of the God that is. And Mm -hmm. so my understanding of God is going to impact how I display and reflect and bear his image. Mm -hmm. And that's going to come out in how I treat the people around me, especially those that I cooperate with on teams. So one of, my, um, one of my pastoral mentors taught me to put it this way. He said, good theology, or right thinking about God, leads to good doxology, or the right worship of God. And that leads to good ethics, or right living before God. Mm. Good theology leads to good doxology, leads to good ethics. And so our theology is going to work itself out in how we treat people that we work on teams with.
0: Amen. Amen. It's, it seems like, it is, as I understand Scripture, that when we look at the two great commandments, it's, it seems like they're interlocked, they're interrelated, that yep. a person's vertical relationship with God is demonstrated through the horizontal relationships we have with other people. And I, I agree I think there's a great point to be said in that and, and I don't think that Going back to what you were mentioning earlier About competitiveness and pride and things of this nature I don't think that's glorifying to the Lord I don't think that is Demonstrating that compassion and love When we when we carry ourselves out In that manner So I think that's a very important topic um, th- That you're writing about And so you mentioned uh, I- Anything else that you'd have to say About how one's theology impacts The average Christian uh, anything else related to that?
1: Well, I think it's important for us to uh, remember that we are all growing theologians, mm. uh, hopefully. We're, we're growing in our knowledge of God. Um, recently, as a Southern Baptist, I took um, a small group in our church through a study of the Baptist Faith and Message, 2000 edition. And we would study, we would take a, 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 a article a week and uh, and sit down and, and talk it through, and I realized that, um, and I didn't know if I didn't know this or I had just forgotten it. That there's a there's an article in the Baptist Faith Message on cooperation, and it huh. talks about how we as we as believers um, should be cooperating with other believers for the great objects of the kingdom of God, um, and so I think. Even as an average Southern Baptist, it's good for me to know my statement of faith, the Baptist faith in Message 2000, and uh, good for me to know how that theology works itself out. I, I think you're right on in saying that, you know, the, the, between the two great commandments, the, the um, love God and love neighbor, I, I agree. They're absolutely related, um, and they work themselves out in each other. And so I think in our interactions with each other, we are proving our theology. So as Christians, why would we not want to know more about the God who made us and who loves us and who redeemed us in Christ? Um, Why would we not want to grow in our knowledge and love of him and therefore, as a result, our ability to glorify him in this life?
0: Jeff, I just as, as you were speaking, I was looking up the Baptist Faith and Message, and I would like to read this just for a moment if I could. And This is uh, article, it looks like 14, Co- Cooperation. Yeah. Uh, it says, Christ's people should, as occasion requires, organize such associations and conventions as may best secure cooperation for the great objects of the kingdom of God. Such organizations have no authority over one another or over the other churches. They are voluntary and advisory bodies designed to elicit, combine, and direct the energies of our people in the most effective manner. Members of New Testament churches should cooperate with one another in carrying forward the missionary, educational, and benevolent ministries for the extension of Christ's kingdom. I love this, Christian unity in the New Testament sense is spiritual harmony and voluntary cooperation for common ends by various groups of Christ's people. It goes on to say, cooperation is desirable between the various Christian denominations when the end is to be attained is itself justified, and when such cooperation involves no violation of conscience or compromise of loyalty to Christ and His word, as revealed in the New Testament. And that is a powerful statement. And I'll be it honest, is. I don't know that I've really focused on that aspect of the Baptist faith and message
1: it, until just now. Yeah, It is a powerful document, and it's short. I think it's a great study, even a devotional study, for, for any believer that, that's a Southern Baptist or otherwise uh, to work through. Um, and, and that that particularly is a very powerful paragraph.
0: But when you use this for devotional uh, or, or for study, do you go through the Scripture passages that are given after each uh,
1: section? You sure can. And when we did it as a group, we would pick one or two of them um, and study them uh, in, in our group. But uh, we, we worked through a lot of, okay, why do you think this is important? I mean, it's interesting. There are, what, 16 million Southern Baptists, I think, 60,000 Southern Baptist churches around the world. Why do you think it's important that we have an article on on cooperation in our statement of faith? Well, this matters. Yes, absolutely. It matters in how we live out our Christian faith.
0: Now, in your book you have several theological threads. What theological threads stand out in the book that you wrote?
1: I think some of the theological threads that stand out are, first of all, that image of a trying God. We as, go, as humans are called to bear the image of a triune God. And if God in eternity past was operating in the teamwork of love, if in creation he operated in teamwork, if even in our salvation we see him operating in teamwork, the father wills it, the son accomplishes it, the spirit applies it. If the triune God operated in teamwork and we are called to bear his image, how much more so are we not do the same, right? Um, so one yeah, yeah. theological thread that, that I kept finding myself walking back and back back to was um, that idea of of bearing the image of God. Another uh, theological thread I found is in uh, cooperation and participation of the mission. Uh, D. A. Carson, for example, defines uh, fellowship. Christian fellowship is self sacrificing conformity to the gospel. He says that's what the word fellowship. He's in his commentary on Philippians. Uh, so that's what the word fellowship means. Well, if, if that's true, then we might define teamwork mm-hmm. as self-sacrificing conformity to the gospel for the purpose of advancing the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're working together for, as the Baptist Faith and Message uh, 2000 said, we're working together for the great objects of the kingdom of God. There's a point to our cooperation. I also think it's Uh, worthwhile to note that in that article on cooperation, it it makes it clear that sometimes there are people and organizations that we should not cooperate with, Mm. um, that would violate our conscience or compromise our loyalty to Christ and his word. And in those cases, the right thing to do is not to cooperate. Right. Um, and so two theological threads that stood out in particular were bearing the image of, that God, of the triune God and uh, participation and teamwork in the mission of God. Mm.
0: Amen. Amen. How, how, how do you see cooperation and teamwork? How do you see these two things glorifying
1: the Lord? Well, I think, uh, like you mentioned earlier, uh, when we are at odds with each other, that's not glorifying to God. It doesn't make much of God when I'm bickering about how my neighboring church decided to hold a drive-in service if I chose not to right. or vice versa. <laughs> right. Um, I think when, when I, when I turn their way of doing it into an attack on my way of doing it, I've a, I've misunderstood my brother mm. or my neighbor and, and B I've, I've begun to slander them. Um, and so I think, Cooperation and teamwork matter when it comes to glorifying God because uh, God is bigger than just me, right? He's, by myself, I cannot f- completely um, uh, display the image that, that I need to display of God to a lost world. Amen. I need my brother to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need my neighboring church in, in order to do that. And so, I think cooperation displays uh to the watching world um that Christ really does unify people. Um and that uh that we can bear his bear his image well, albeit imperfectly, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're not we're not gonna do this perfectly, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't and can't do it well. Amen.
0: And last question for you, and this is this is kind of off off the topic uh with 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 the covid nineteen virus uh how how are you and your congregants and, and the church amid this current pandemic
1: well we're we're doing we 're doing as well as one could expect us to do um, we 've never done this mm. this is new and uncomfortable for all of us, but we 're figuring it out as we go um it has been a sweet moment. Uh, there have been a, a few sweet moments where a number of our church members have said in different social media posts or in different ways, I just miss my church. Mm. When there, There's a sweetness to the absence and the missing of each other. Now, um, you know, the, the sweetness gets, gets old after a little while and we just want it to be over. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, there, there's a sweetness there. It's, it's also forced us to be a bit more intentional about our community Mm. and be a a bit more intentional about reaching out to each other. I've been deeply encouraged by some of the zoom calls and video calls that I've gotten on with other pastors. Um, and, and, and guys that are, you know, pastors that are struggling to lead well in the midst of this. Um, I heard one, one leader say recently, he said, nobody's batting a thousand here, Mm. right? We're, we're all, we're all learning as we go, and everybody's mis- making mistakes. But I mean, so I'm encouraged, though, to see that the Lord is, is um, reminding us of the sweetness of that unity that he's purchased. Um, and he is building his church. Jesus promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against it, and we know that's true. Um, so even in the midst of this, we're seeing God at work. I'm reminded of Paul in Philippians chapter 1 who said, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And even in his imprisonment, Paul was able to celebrate some of the ways that the gospel is advancing. it. And I think even in this season of social distancing and even in this pandemic, we're able to see um, that God really is at work. And uh, I believe that as, as long as the pandemic goes, um, the the stories and the results of God, God's work in the midst of this pandemic will far outlive the pandemic itself. Amen. So I, I think believers have reason to look to Christ on the throne and to be encouraged and then to go and encourage each other. Amen, brother.
0: Jeff Mingy, we appreciate you being with us, and we want to encourage everyone to go get a copy of his book, Call to Cooperate, A Biblical Survey and Application of Teamwork. Jeff, once again, thank you for being on with us. we we'll want have to get you back on the podcast. I've thoroughly enjoyed this.
1: Well, I've enjoyed it, too. I sure do appreciate your time and appreciate the invitation to be a part of the podcast.
0: Well, before concluding, uh, we're going to uh, say goodbye to Jeff for now and we'll hope to get him back on the podcast here very soon. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then I uh, would like to uh, add just a few closing comments uh, before we close out this podcast. You're listening to the Bellator Christi Podcast. It's my privilege to announce to you that the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is now available on Kindle. So you can get the layman's manual on Christian apologetics in all formats now. It's available on Kindle, as well as paperback, hardcover, and you can also find it on the Nook at barnesandnoble.com. So please go and order your copy today and share it, or maybe you'd like to share it with a friend. Whatever the case may be, help us as we get the word out and let people know that we have a faith worth believing in. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christian Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not, send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristi.com and the Bellator Christi Podcast. Welcome back to the Bellator Christie Podcast. I uh, wanted to take a few moments to uh, conclude with a few words um, as, as we close the podcast out. We want to thank Jeff Mingy for being with us. Uh, just had a few words of encouragement and uh, just some observations I uh, wanted to take uh, for the next few moments as we close the podcast out. This uh, pandemic has... Uh, revealed many things about our society as a whole. On the one hand, we find ourselves tattered and torn as a people greatly divided. Uh, Friendships have been severed because of the way individuals approach the COVID-19 virus. Uh, Some think that the COVID-19 virus spells the end of the world whereas others hold that the virus is nothing more than a great governmental conspiracy set to usher in socialism. Now, I do believe the return of Christ is very soon, but also understand that we as a church have made it through several pandemics in the past. I think of Martin Luther, who uh, and the church survived the bubonic plague back in the 1500s, and, and most certainly people thought that was the end of the world then. Now, the return of Christ can happen at any time. There's, there's no um, if, ands, or buts about that. However, does this mean that the end of the world is here now? Maybe, uh, maybe not. Uh, only God knows. But the mad uh, rush to obtain the most goods and the hoarding of reselling, the reselling of items to make a fortune amid the crisis has shown the great depravity and disdain that some individuals hold toward their fellow man. But on the other hand we have seen the good in humanity individuals and organizations have lent them a helping hand to those in need calls of compassion have been made to those who are unable to care for themselves for the first time in nearly a century society has given doctors teachers and pastors prominence as essential members of society whereas athletes and entertainers have been forced to play second string Amid this turmoil, I would like to give a few words of comfort and wisdom to our listeners. And We thank you for listening and being part of the Bellator Christi ministry. I would leave you four things. First, during this time, focus on the main things. Too many individuals have allowed politics and conspiracy theories to take their focus off what really matters. And most certainly, we have become a politically toxic culture yet we don't realize that we have a stage unlike we have had in a very long time. We have an audience who is watching and who is listening. Social media has afforded the opportunity uh, for, for many pastors to have a platform that they may not have had in times past as social media has been inundated with Christian services. People are scared and they're seeking answers. Is that not what we as apologists and theologians and preachers of the gospel desire? Do we not desire for people to ask these questions and seek? Yet we are so myopic that we are not sharing the gospel. Rather, we are espousing our own political and sociological prognostications of what may or may not be. Remember, the kingdom of God will endure forever. I'm as patriotic As anyone else I love our nation the United States of America but we must remember that the kingdom of God will be the thing that endures forever the United States will not second place your faith over fear and how do you do this you may ask focus on Christ I realize that you might be frightened But it is no mistake that this pandemic occurs around Easter. Easter is all about the victory found in Christ. It's about the resurrection of Jesus. As the old hymn says, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future. Life is worth the living. Why? Just because he lives. Focus on the risen Jesus, because in Jesus, death has died for the believer in Christ. Third, enjoy the precious time you have with your family. We have been so busy. It's difficult for us to take our foot off the gas pedals, to pump the brake, and to take it easy for a little while. Take advantage of the precious time you have with your family. Do you not realize how blessed you are right now? Society will rebound. Jobs will be regained. You have a distinct opportunity right now to enjoy time with your loved ones. Time that you may not get back. You may actually look back and think how blessed you were to have this time with them. Take advantage of it. Once your family is gone, you won't get that time back. And Having lost members of my family, I know how true that is. Fourth, Pray for our medical staff and postal workers. They are risking their lives to serve others. They are putting themselves in harm's way to help save lives. I have a friend who is a doctor who suggested that we pray the prayer of St. Patrick and let this prayer conclude our podcast as we also conclude with a song sung at um, the, the commencement ceremony at Liberty University. Or I'm a proud graduate and also a current student in the Ph.D. program. And we'll listen to this song as we conclude with the prayer of St. Patrick. It says, I rise today through the strength of heaven, light of the sun, splendor of fire, speed of lightning, swiftness of the wind, depth of the sea stability of the earth, firmness of the rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's way to lie before me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me, afar and a near, Alone or in a multitude Christ shield me today Against wounding Christ with me Christ before me Christ beneath me Christ behind me Christ in me Christ above me Christ on my right Christ on my left When I lie down Christ when I sit down Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me Christ in the eye that sees me. Christ in the ear that hears me. I arise today through the mighty strength of the Lord of creation. To that we say, Amen. You've been listening to the Bellator Christi Podcast. This is Brian Chilton saying God bless. And we'll see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas.